Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this April Fool's edition of the Flyered Up Podcast. It is officially April 1st, April Fool's Day, April Tricks Day, as I like to call it. I just like calling it April Tricks. I am your host, Amadeo Gracia, along with my partner, Chris Mayer. And Chris today did a a really a, a really crude April Fool's joke to the entire Flyer Sticks group chat. So, uh, Chris, would you like to, to explain what you did? So, um, it was pretty funny, if you ask me. I, I definitely gave me a laugh. Um, so, I basically made an email um, saying that I was uh, Brian Smith from the Flyers. I uh, made up a random email address, um, and I said I was Brian Smith. And I emailed myself saying that that we couldn't use the Flyers fix as the uh, the name, um, saying that it was copyright. And um, <clears throat> yeah, it, 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 not many people take it uh, took it lightly. Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> by the end of it, I said, "Happy April Fools, love you guys," and everyone was kind of just like, "I hate you." <laughs> You should die. <laughs> F off. <laughs> that was basically how it ended. Um, but it was pretty funny, and I was sitting here cracking up for about five minutes straight. I couldn't even hold it. It was that funny. Um, but uh, oh boy, yeah, it was a good one. Definitely happy uh, fools indeed. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's funny because you know there's some people on Twitter saying, "Oh, we should cancel April Fools." Just like, how can you cancel April Fools in a time like this? Like this is the time we where can't. people need laughs. Mm-hmm. We definitely need laughs all the way. And in continuing, like there really hasn't been that much updates with the NHL and sports due to COVID-19. I think the NHL pushed their quarantine date back to, I think, April 13th, if I'm not wrong. I think it's somewhere in the middle of April where they pushed that. That's when the deadline for the quarantine is until. But there has still been talks about like still possibly pushing the NHL season still back to like August, September and all that stuff. With the playoffs, some maybe even starting with the playoffs if the season returns. But there really hasn't been official word. It's all just rumors here and there. So you just take it as it goes. So there really hasn't been that much news lately. So without the news, we're going to do something fun like we always do here. It, before we get to the fun stuff, actually, we're going to talk about, like, you know, Flyers' favorite ice cream flavors. Because, you know, that's a fun topic. We're going <laughs> to talk about the uh, the Flyers' prospect pool. Just get some conversation going on what we think of the Flyers' prospect pool so far. The Flyers do have one of the better prospect pools in the NHL for a quite a, from quite a while now since Hextall started his tenure as the Flyers' general manager. He brought the Flyers' prospect pool to what it is right now with prospects like Joel Farabee, who is now in the NHL, Morgan Frost. We drafted Nolan Patrick, Carter Hart, Jay O'Brien, and Mac. Just, there's a lot of prospects. There's a lot to even name. Wade Allison guys that we just signed right now, Matthew Strom, Pascal Labor. There's so many prospects to talk about. And if we want to start with the Canadian prospects right now, Chris, like who out of the Canadian side are you more, I would say, I guess, hopeful for excited about? Who, who classifies as Canadian? I, I can't necessarily remember. There's a little too many. So you got players like you got Morgan Frost, obviously. He's now with mm-hmm. the Leon Valley Phantoms. You got Matthew Strom. You got Wade Allison, Pascal LeBerge. You got Mark Friedman, of course, Carson Torinsky, Connor Butterman, Nicholas Albi Kubel. But we're not going to count Albi Kubel as a prospect because he's been playing with the Flyers for quite some time. Same thing with like Phil Myers, Joel Farabee, and all that stuff. We're not really going to yeah. count those type of guys. Isaac Ratcliffe, we have one that's playing with the Hams right now. Then you also got Rudy Ross, the goaltender for the Seattle Thunderbirds. Those are that's like the basic summary of the Canadian prospects right there. Yeah, um, if I had to go by forward defenseman uh, goalie, I'd probably have to say Rudy Ross is probably the the best goalie. Um, there isn't necessarily many um, other Canadian goalies because majority of them are either Swedish or uh, I believe Fedotov is Russian. Yes. Um, but besides that, I'd have to say Rudy Ross. I actually really like him. He was a seventh round pick too, which is actually. Something pretty cool to look at. Um, mm-hmm. Fedotov has some pretty good stats. I know goaltending-wise, um, we were actually talking about that earlier. He's in the KHL. Um, <clears throat> as for everyone else, um, I'd probably have to say, besides Frost, um, I'd have to go Mark Friedman's probably up there, um, defenseman. Um, I'd say Frost is definitely the best forward if I, if I had to pick someone else besides Frost. Mm-hmm. Um I'd probably say Sush. Or, sorry, not Sushka. I don't even know why I said that. Uh, uh, Strom. I'd have to say Strom's pretty high um, in my book. I like Strom. I think he's a good player. Carson Twarinski, I like. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, if anything, I'd probably have to say Frost, uh, Strom, Twarinski, Friedman, uh, and Ro- and Rudy Ross, probably the guys I'd go with. Um, obviously, Phil Myers, we know we know about that. I'll be Cabell. Um, you know, the, as for Canadian, it's not like we don't have that many like Canadian prospects. We've, I mean, we had obviously we had Carter Hart for a couple of years um, yep. in, around 2017. Yeah, look at all the Flyers Canadian prospects. A lot of them count towards like playing for the Phantoms. So you got. Guys like Reese Wilcox, who've been for the fans for a while, Andy Andreoff, Tyler Witherspoon. It's like, it, even it shows Curtis Gabriel and Chris Stewart. Those guys are nowhere close to being prospects. They're yeah. just down in the AHL mm-hmm. right now. Those guys are just basically like AHL lifers. And if anything, um, you know, like, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do with Stewart um, because he is a he is an RFA. They're or, definitely no. not going to resign Stewart. No, he, no, he's a UFA, I think, right? Yeah, he's going to be a UFA. Yeah, so I, I I don't see them resigning him. Um, as of now, they have forty nine of fifty contracts, and they still have a couple ELCs left: Wyatt Kalnick, uh, Linus Hoberg, David Bernhardt, and they still don't know what, what they're going to do with them. Um, that necessarily really depends on what happens with Kalnick. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but um, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do ELC wise, contract wise, but. Um, I'm curious to see what the Flyers even do RFA wise. That's that's a whole that do we can literally do that for a whole episode just talking about RFAs, UFAs, <laughs> for the actual team itself because there's there's a, a few to talk about, um, and you know. But again, as for prospect wise, I, I I think the Flyers actually have a. To be honest, I feel like our prospect pool has gotten a little bit worse recently, but I think it's gotten better. In recent years, I think the Flyers kind of struggled a little bit, like later rounds. Like if you kind of go back and look at it, like we had some pretty good late round picks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like the last maybe two three years, we haven't had as good late round picks. I mean, it, it's definitely harder because we we also had Ron Hextall, who was just amazing at the draft, and that's what he, what, he, what he was known for. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I mean, I I don't think, and, and it's funny because a lot of people. Well, and I'm sure, Amadeo, I'm sure you were like this too, which is funny because I never actually asked you about your reaction when they drafted Cam York instead of Cole Caulfield. Oh, boy. At at first, I was pissed because it's like if you look at Caulfield's stats when he was playing with for for the uh, USA under 18 team, you don't let a guy go that scored 70 plus goals on the draft board. You don't. Because the Flyers' one need was goal scoring. But. Like, to this day, like, I'm still iffy about it, but I do like Cam York as a prospect. I understand why Fletcher went for the defensive prospect because we have, like, a lot of our top-tier defensive prospects are either in the AHL or in the NHL right now, so I guess you got to refill that pool a little bit. But, you know, it would have been nice to grab a guy like a Cole Caulfield because literally every other team that was above the Flyers let him go down. Yeah, and, and and another thing was too was that 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 uh that same draft the Flyers took two more defensemen in rounds three and four Ronnie Edhart and Mason Millman, mm-hmm. and then and actually uh, sorry about this uh, Rudy Ross was actually a sixth round pick not a seventh round pick uh, that's my mistake, um, but again I mean they took two right wingers actually three right wingers three defensemen and a goalie in that draft that that was a nineteen draft so. Yeah. And in it's in terms of like the Canadian prospects for me, like yeah, Frost is one of the more exciting ones because he's one of our top prospects. And Wade Wade Allison, even though they just signed him to that to his entry level contract, uh, I'm still like like I know like the skill potential that he could possibly have. He I know he can score. I know that's one of his better abilities. But like with like all the injuries that he's been through in college, that like makes me wonder like how long is he actually going to take to maybe or if, is it going to take quicker or is it going to take a little bit longer to maybe like get his chance in the NHL because you definitely know he's either going to be with the Phantoms or the Royals next season mm. so it's it's really like on the if and also Pascal LaBerge eh, it's 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 weird right there to, to be honest with you like my opinion on Allison is I think he's probably going to get top line minutes in Lehigh Valley that's that's my assessment mm-hmm. um I think he's a good player and I think Injury wise, I think if he didn't have these injuries, he would have probably been on. Probably, we probably would have saw him get his ELC a while ago, and he would probably would have played a couple games for the Flyers already. Um, he definitely would have been down there with Lehigh Valley, um, probably even this season, maybe last season. But he he had a couple rough injuries, and that really did set him back. But um, I hope he's able to come back. But I I don't really think there's anything that can change him as a player. Um, 
I personally think that he's probably going to make the make the. Uh, I th- I think he'll make the Flyers out of camp. To Possibly. Be with you. I think that's he'll a, make the a bold statement right there. I do. The, the um, very bold statement. It is, but it was funny because I went on um, Flyers Nitty Gritty's podcast the night as a guest, and at the end of it, I go, <laughs> "I'm like, the Flyers are going to win the Stanley Cup in the next three years." That's a very bold statement, but <laughs> with my diehard instincts at that moment, I decided to say it, and that might come back to bite me in the ass in a couple years, but. Hopefully hey, uh, it doesn't, no. and, 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 and it's not if, it's when. It's hey. when now. Hey, the Flyers, over the course of this season, they were given the best odds to win the Stanley Cup. So, hey, maybe your, maybe your prediction will come forth. Hey, if the NHL season decides to come back, who knows if the Flyers go on to win the Cup. And it's funny because I actually saw something about that, the NHL coming back today, and I couldn't figure out if it was a April Fool's joke or if it was real. My mom sends me a link on Messenger for fa- from Facebook, and it says the NHL might come back and saying that they canceled the rest of this season, and it was something uh, that they were going to try to move to the, like the EA Sports League for the rest of the year, and then whoever wins, the players will be able to spend one day with the Stanley Cup in their houses. That is definitely an April Fool's I joke. I was like, dude, but that was the thing. Like, it didn't say anything at the end, and it, and it was from HockeyInsider.net. So I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, I told my mom, I was like, there's no way that is true. I was like, they, they would... if anything, they'll do that. But, like, I don't know if it's true about the cup. Yeah. And, the, NHL, the NHL would never let simulation decide who wins the Stanley Cup. That is the, oh, dumbest, yeah. that is the dumbest thing whoever <laughs> wrote know. that. I know. Like that's I, why, I know. That's why I was played. skeptical at first. I was like, "Wait a second here." I like, was like, "What like, do you this mean?" This has to be an April Fool's joke. Like the NHL would never do that. Yeah, because it, because well, that was the thing. That's why I first thought of it. I was like, "There's no way this is real." And then it was like, then it was like at the end, it was saying like, you know, oh well, it's from HockeyCenter.net. I'm like, well, I don't know now. So I was just like, "Wait a second. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It was crazy though. I was just like, yeah. "Oh my god." It definitely is. And now transitioning off of the Canadian prospects, let's transition over to players who are from the United States of America. We have quite a few American prospects so far, some that are playing in junior hockey and some that are playing in the NCAA and also some that are playing in the American Hockey League with the Philadelphia, with the, with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. I almost called them the Philadelphia Phantoms for a second. Still have that thought in my mind. Nostalgia. It's definitely a lot of nostalgia. And I would say, I would say maybe like, one of our better American prospects is Jake O'Brien. Even though he went from NCAA back to the BCHL to get to get his confidence back, I still think he has some potential. And also, I would say another prospect that's probably one of our better ones out of the United States of America is Bobby Brink because the the dude showed some amazing skill in his freshman year in Denver. the 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 kid can like he needs to work on his skating a little bit, but as like the season went on, it looked like he got a little bit better, and he can flat out shoot the puck. I think going into last year's draft, he was like, I think rated one of the second best goal scorers, pure goal scorers in the draft. And he got 11 goals this season with the University of Denver. So that's pretty nice right there. Mm-hmm. And it's just also you look at Noah Cates from the University of Minnesota Duluth. He's a nice little prospect right there. 33 points in 34 games this season. You got Taylor Lanzinski, who was just signed to his entry level contract, his final season at Ohio State University, 34 points in 36 games. We have a nice little group of players right here. You also got Wyatt Willie from the Everett Silver Tips of the WHL. He has 64 points in 62 games as a defenseman. So that's it's pretty interesting right there. And Chris, who would you think is one of our better USA prospects? Also, I forgot to mention Cameron York, the guy that we just drafted this past draft, had 16 points for his first year at the University <clears throat> of Michigan. Um. Hmm. It's a good question. I never actually put that into like perspective. So it's it's York Brink. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Um, is yeah, Lexinski. Um, right, Lexinski. Yeah. yeah. Um. Hmm. I think I'm gonna. I'm th- to be honest with you. I'm gonna go Brink. You're gonna go Brink because I yeah because I, I like when I watched Brink at at the at the World Juniors 2020 World Juniors. He was easily one of USA's best players, mm-hmm. and I think I, I that stood it. And, and I think that stood out more because the way Caulfield was playing. Because Caulfield didn't have a good tournament. Mm-hmm. He struggled to score. He struggled to even find the puck. He was on like the third line or something like that. Um, hey, that's also one of my things about like when people argued about Caulfield. Caulfield played with Jack Hughes a lot of his time during his under USA team. And mm-hmm. that's where he generated a lot of his goals. He went to the net front. And may, 
like I'm not I'm not saying it's def it's just a definite, but maybe his stats were a little bit boosted by playing on the same line as Jack Hughes because Jack Hughes was a dynamic player with Team USA. He's also so, now in the NHL. So. Yeah. So I think maybe that like dies down the Caulfield argument a little bit, but eh, who knows? But Chris, back to what you were originally saying. Yeah, but I mean, as for Brink, I mean, I I thought he was phenomenal on the power play. Um, they had him on on the right wing half wall. Um, he he I was actually the first game USA played. He actually had an assist on the first shot that they took. Um, it was it was pretty cool. Um, but they had a power play early. Um, and then you know I I thought USA had a good tournament. Besides that, but I again I thought Brink I thought Brink had a good tournament. I believe he had five or six points. Um, I think it was two goals, three assists, two, or uh, three goals, three assists. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but um. Again, I mean, I, I thought he was very good, and I think that one thing that I noticed a lot with him is that he never gave up on a play, and he also drew, I believe, two or three penalties. So that might, that is definitely one thing too. He he's he, and, and that's the thing. If, like, if you don't give up on a play, you're 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 most likely majority of the time would probably draw a penalty, mm-hmm. if anything. But I, I, again, I mean, I, I thought he was really good. Um, as for. Continuing with World Juniors talk, um, I thought Zamola had a good tournament as well. Um, he was really good for Team Russia. I know this is kind of going off topic, but um, <laughs> uh, I thought he was good. Uh, as for Adam Ginning, I think the, yeah, the Flyers only had four players. It was Ginning, Zamola, Brink, and uh, York. York was kind of like the seventh D-man for USA. Um, he also went into it with an injury, so you didn't really see much of him. Um, he was the quarterback on their second power play unit. Brink was on the first unit, the right wing half wall. Um, Zamola was the first unit uh, power play quarterback at the blue line. Um, I thought he was very good at that. One thing I noticed a lot with Zamola is that he's able to break. He's able to set up a breakout so well because he has such patience with the puck. And he 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 skates like Provorov, and and he has a body of Sam Warren. And he's very good at offense too. And it's not like he's bad at defense. He's he's a he's he's a two hundred foot defenseman. If that if that like makes sense, you know what I mean. That does make sense. Yeah, and like like he's able to put the puck in the back of the net. He's had a couple nice goals. He loves joining the rush. He actually had one really nice goal um, joining the rush versus Czech Republic. Um, but again, I thought I thought they I, I didn't really think any Flyers prospects had a bad tournament. I thought I feel like Brink was one of the best players for USA. Zmolo was up there with Russia, um, but Canada ended up winning it in, in a. And a, a heartbreaker for Team Russia, though that was—I mm-hmm. don't know if you saw the gold medal game, but that was—I oh, did. I did. That, that was definitely a major heartbreaker. Yeah, it was a good game, but it was definitely a heartbreaker for uh, Russia there. And like going back on like, we'll talk about Zuma because Russia's actually next on our list. Uh, do yeah. you think? Uh, do you think you see Bobby Brink playing maybe like one or two more years at Denver, or do you think he plays one more year then signs his entry level? I would say Flyers. one more year than than his ELC. Yeah, I, I'd give him one more year and then let him play with, with either Lehigh or Reading, and I'm leaning more towards Lehigh. What do you think about Cam York? Do you think he needs like a couple more years of college? I, or I give think? him I give him the rest of uh, or next season, and I give him two years, and then two years. Yeah, because I think the thing is with York too is that he's he's had injury too, so you might yeah. want to make sure that he's completely fully recovered. And mm-hmm. and then even let him finish the season with, uh, Michigan, but yeah, that's that's understandable. Yeah, but I I believe him Brink and uh, Noah Cates are the three that said they were they would go back to college. Yeah, I think so. They were the three that said that. And, and also the only, going the only to... one that was undecided was uh Kalnick. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want to finish that. Hey, there you go. <laughs> and going to a player like Taylor Lanzinski since he signed his entry level, like do, where where do you see his role fit in? Like because I don't believe he'll make the Flyers out of training camp, but where do you see his role in either AHL, ECHL? What do you think? I would say top line with Lehigh Valley. I want Le- I want Lanzinski with Frost. With That's Frost, what, yeah, I want him with Frost on the wing. Would you say um? A line of Lanzinski, Frost, and Wade Allison, possibly. That or... was the exact line I had. I made a post on Instagram for my Phantoms projected roster. That was my first line: Lanzinski, Frost, Allison. Mm. Great minds think alike, I guess. <laughs> it's definite. Now that most likely won't happen to add because they have to add some more depth and also with yeah. things that they have with contracts. But I would love for that to happen if they did something like it. And but who knows with you know I'm not even gonna bring it up. <laughs> with uh, with the whole thing with the coronavirus, who knows what's going to happen with like next season? But um, <laughs> hopefully nothing nothing changes. Um, and, but again, like 
I wouldn't mind that, but if they could try that out and see what happens, because to me, Legzinski reminds me a lot of Scott Lawton, and obviously we all know about Morgan Frost. He's just electric with the puck, and he makes a lot of nice plays, and Legzinski and Allison both have really good shots. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and I'm not saying Frost, it's just they have some pretty surprising ones. Legzinski's got a real hard shot that I just love. Um, and I think if Frost could find him in, in the soft areas, I think that would really help out. Um, but I wouldn't mind that for a power play, though, if that wasn't a line. Definitely, um, definitely an option. You could throw some Molo with that. Um, Kalanuk as well. He's he's a very good power play quarterback. You could definitely throw him. Um, if they could even do some Molo, Kalanuk, Frost, Allison, Legzinski for a power play. You, you put two defensemen in it, and you basically have either Zamola or, Leg, or uh, I'm sorry, Kalanuk, um playing just now now this is me playing like this is me talking like i'm playing nhl 20 but <laughs> even still it's like I, I would rather i would rather see what they could do maybe boost something they're probably they're most likely not going to be doing this but even still um scott gordon is big on the defense with these guys i think he's trying to i think he's done a good a good uh, job trying to help out frost with defense wise um but even still i mean i i like gordon i think he's a good coach and i hope he can really do uh, do some stuff with these players. And, and to be honest, dude, I actually think Lehigh Valley is going to make the playoffs next season. You think so? Yeah. Because you got... All right, so you got Alex Lyon, who's... I I don't... Personally, I don't really like Alex Lyon, but he's a, he's a good goaltender. He's a good AHL goaltender. You have Ustamenko, who's easily our best goalie prospect. Then you have Sandstrom. You also have Samuel Urson, Fedotov, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and th- and that's like your one-two punch. Sandstrom, I would say, give him starting, give him the starting role in, in Reading. Um, he didn't necessarily have great numbers with them. I think he only played twenty-five games, but even still, um, he's still a still a good player. Um, and I think what happened with him was is that he was kind of brought up at the wrong time, and it was kind of he was just thrown to the wolves a little bit. Um, but regardless, I'd give Ustamenko the backup, um, and then Lions starter, Sandstrom t- uh, starter, and uh, ECL jail. As for the defense, um, you got Zambula, uh, who's probably not going to make the Flyers out of camp. I wish he would, but he probably won't. Um, I honestly think if the Flyers don't sign Justin Braun, which I think they're going to make every effort to, but I just don't think they will. There's a lot of other NHL teams that will look for solid right-handed defensemen, Toronto, uh, Colorado, Winnipeg. And Toronto is a team that would, that would overpay for Justin Braun if they could find some cap space. Um, and also- but regardless... Hey, speaking of cap space, like something to bring up. I, I also saw this was like a maybe a week and a half ago. I think this is like a report, like from some NHL insiders. They were saying the NHL cap, like we all know that last season it was po- this season was supposed to rise to like I think around the eighty four mark, but then it it got cut off to the eighty one point five million cap space. But now there's like reports from the NHL insiders that I think during the GM meetings that the NHL cap is actually going to be raised to possibly between eighty four point five to eighty eight point five million. In cap space, so imagine wow. the Flyers gaining a lot of cap space <laughs> just from that raise, right? So that's also um, something interesting, right there. Yeah, that is because at first I think it was like eighty-two to eighty-four and a half. That's what everyone was like. All right, it's going up a little bit. I was like, all right, I'll take it. Any, I'm just like, let's get some more bang for our buck. But um, and and speaking of bang for your buck, that's saying I used that earlier um with some more <laughs> RFAs. I'm gonna. I'm just going to get into that in a minute. But what I wanted to finish with the prospects was if the Flyers don't sign Braun, Mark Freeman will definitely make the Flyers out of camp. Um, and he'll probably fill in Braun's role um, as he's 25. I, th- I, I like Freeman. I, I've always liked Freeman. I think he's a very solid prospect. Um, if you even want to call him a prospect at this point since he's 25. But even still, um, again, I, I, he's, a, he's a good player. I, I think he could fit in well. Um, and I feel like the games he's played with the Flyers this season, I don't think he's had any bad games. He he didn't necessarily stand out, but he I don't think he had a bad game. Um, but <clears throat> again, for Lehigh Valley, I, I think their defense will be good. Um, Zamula, Wiley, who who can play left-handed and right-handed, he can switch, um, which is actually crazy. I found that out the other day. Um, he can actually play both sides. Um, if they don't sign, if Wyatt Kalanick decides to go back to college, they'll probably... Um, either sign Hoberg or uh, David Bernhardt from the SHL. It's most likely going to be Hoberg. I would rather it be uh, Bernhardt. Um, th- it's nothing against the player. Uh, I just think uh, Bernhardt would add a little bit more size-wise as he's a pretty big defenseman. Hoberg is a little small. Um, but again, 
I, I still think they're both pretty good defensemen. And then, and then you still, obviously, you have your veterans in that as well. You'll probably still have, you'll probably see Wotherspoon, Walensky, um, Nate Prosser. You'll probably get a couple veterans as well, which which is fine. Add some more leadership in the room. I don't I don't think they're going to be full blown rookies um, for the def- for the defensive core. But if Kalanick decides to come back or to stay here and play for the Phantoms, he'll probably make make the uh, make Lehigh out of camp, or they might try him in the ECHL. But I prob I'm leaning more towards him going to uh, Lehigh Valley. Um, out of anyone, but I feel like I've been talking for about 20 minutes, so I'm gonna let you uh, step in here. You can <laughs> say whatever you want. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with all the points that you're talking about. But uh, let's like talk about for a little bit the rest of the prospect pool from other from other nations. We don't have that many Russian prospects, so I'm gonna mention some of the ones that really stand out. So you got Jaeger Zayerduk from the QMJHL from the, the Victoriaville Tigers. He has 40 points in 50 games played. He's a right winger in the Flyers prospect pool. Good amount of points for Jaeger Zerduk right there. And you also got another Jaeger. You got Jaeger Zamula that the Flyers signed to his entry-level contract. He hasn't played that many games for Calgary since he got his injury after the World Juniors. But he did total 28 points in 28 games played. He's a point per game for a defenseman, for crying out loud. He has an amazing amount of skill. And then you go to a player that's down for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms in German Rubistov. It, like, we've seen Rubistov from time to time. He's get, he gets injured a little bit from here and there. He got a major injury last season. He's got he's gone to his time back this season. He's got 13 points in 42 games played for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. He's been called up here and there for the Phillies. I think he made like one or two stints in the NHL for maybe like a couple of games. But he's a he's a nice solid player. I don't see him be, being this monstrous amazing player. I see him more as like a middle six to a bottom six type of player that can play good on both sides of the ice. He has nice speed to his game and he plays a nice two way game. And then you go to the goaltending prospects. You got Ivan Fedotov, and then you got Kirill Ustamenko. And Fedotov in the KHL, he's actually playing really great. In his 32 games played, he has a 2.10 goals against average and a 9.31 save percentage. That's not bad for playing in the KHL. No, it's not. And it's and it's funny because like I, we talked about this the other night, but uh, it was me and a couple other buddies, and we were talking and we were kind of just saying like how you know like I, I like it's hard to judge prospects off stats you know what i mean it definitely does because there's because you some you look at guys and it's like and it's like oh this guy sucks you know what i mean Mm -hmm. just because you look at his stats it's like it's harder to figure out the information on them um like if they're obviously if they get injured um obviously the more high-end ones you'll hear about that through the flyers but like besides that like i honestly forgot that we had two more goalies in Urson and Fedita. I'm serious. I because you don't hear anything about them. You only hear about Sandstrom and Ustamenko. That's it. You know what I mean? So it's like it, yeah. it, it's kind of hard to, to figure that out. And and like or I, I you probably don't remember remember this, but I remember the weirdest things. Um, you you'll probably you'll definitely you you might know that now. You'll definitely learn that in years when we continue to do this. But even still, like we were doing a podcast one time, and you said something about Sandstrom. I was like, he's on Reading. You were like, yeah, he got caught up a while ago. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I had no clue that Sandstrom was on the Royals. N- none. <laughs> I had no clue. I don't know what it was because I, I just forgot because of the, the way the Flyers were playing. But even still, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but it, I think it's just kind of hard to. You're to rambling. Yeah, no, I think it's just hard sometimes to understand, like, what actually happens with some prospects. And it's hard to, to figure out, like, what what's the reason why they're struggling you know what i mean like mm-hmm. because again like we, we don't we're not watching them every night we're watching the flyers every night but even still <clears throat> i think you could also just based off like some players like even though they, they can be like quote unquote our top prospect maybe the teams that they play for they don't get the top minutes maybe they get like bottom six like middle six type of roles where they don't play that much time on the ice but right. they still find ways to produce which is also a good thing but you also like like you said you it's like it's really I would say unfair to judge a prospect solely on stats. stats. Yeah. Like you have to look at the picture. Like stats are just one part of the picture. You have to look at the way the guy plays on the ice. You have to look at the way he trains and all that stuff. So stats right. are only like one part of the picture. And some of our prospects have really good stats, and so that doesn't really translate well into the league sometimes. You have prospects that have not so good stats, but they turn out and they become a great player. It's just you, you never know with prospects at this point. It's yeah. really just honestly it could be a guessing game too. Yeah, that is true. 
And I like it's funny because I was talking about this with my one friend Yuri from Flyers and Gritty. Um and he he was saying like this has nothing to do with prospects. Um but it's kind of like how there's a lot of GMs out there that kind of mess up and they give young kids when they come into the league. Well, I I guess it deals with prospects. Um young kids that come into the league the captaincy. So like if you look at a team like Buffalo, right? Mm-hmm. Like and giving a goal to captaincy when he's pretty young, and uh, you can also throw in McDavid, I guess, if you'd like, like, and or not even just say, you know, McDavid isn't continuing into this. Just say that, you know, either that's another team that gave a young team or a young kid or young uh, prospect the C, um, Eichel. They gave him the C, right? And even before that, Buffalo was never really that good. So it's like you're already throwing it, and like Buffalo's just but a mess, basically. You have. A team that they make pretty bad trades. That's one thing. They traded O'Reilly for like Saboka and like a couple other guys, and it never really turned out. And reportedly, Eichel was best friends with O'Reilly in the room, so that like throws up everything. And plus, you're giving a young kid the C who's not mentally, physically ready to be a captain of an NHL team. He's just starting out. Um, and and also, you know, Flyers fans might. You can, I guess, you can compare this to Eric Lindros as well. How they gave Lindros to see, and he had problems with uh, GM. I believe was that was Bobby Clark at the time, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, so that too, and then also like they traded him, and they didn't get necessarily anything for him. Like, I just feel like there's some GMs out there that will mess up, and like they give the young kid the the C, and it never works out for them. I can't. I, I honestly can't think of someone who got. The C, that was a young player. I'm gonna rephrase that. At least in my time being a fan, I can't think of a a player that got the C. That was a young kid that either just got drafted or was a year in the league, and the team actually formed well around it. Because like as a GM, it just feels like you're like you're missing the whole thing of what's with your players. Like you don't know what's going on going on in that locker room. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it kind of just like I I don't know what it is, and I feel like there's a lot of GMs that kind of like mess up on that. So like, that's one thing I kind of don't want the Flyers to do. They probably well, they, they probably won't do it. But well, I think the thing with like when you were bringing up Jack Eichel, I, I know Eichel's been in the league for a while. He's been in the league at the same amount of time as McDavid has. So mm-hmm. I th- so I think Eichel like. Th- like in Buffalo, literally gutted their whole team, so there really was wasn't that guy to be the captain. So I get, I can understand why you give Jackal, well Jack Eichel, these, <laughs> Jackal, yeah Jackal, <laughs> Jack Eichel to see on your team because one he's the best player on your team, and I guess he's he's been on the team probably longer than one of the other players on here. Like I, I understand like Rasmus Ristolainen, he's been on the team for quite a bit, but he's not mm. that good. I think Jack no. Eichel's probably the better, I guess, leader of the team, and on the. I can understand your point where throwing a captain onto a young guy, it can maybe like ruin a relationship right there. And like, who knows? Maybe Eichel, if Buffalo doesn't find themselves as a good team in the next few years, maybe Eichel demands a trade out of well, Buffalo. That, well, that was the thing. Getting... He's already been demanding trades. Like, he wanted to get traded. There was reports that he was supposed to go like out in the Western Conference for something. It was like, I saw something today, which was probably an April Fool's joke. Um, it was like Eichel, and like it, it was like the demand was like a first two seconds, and and like a, a high end prospect, and like and like a solid like second liner. I was like, and, and it's funny now we bring up Eichel in a trade because that just for, that just reminds me of the the fly, the Flyers trade with Buffalo. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was like Eichel. It was um, Eichel, Ristolainen, and Gergensons for two first round picks, Drew Couturier, and Carter Hart. I was like, dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> And I, and going back to like the Lindros situation, like from what, like I don't remember it too much. My father, like I was like really young at that time when Lindros left the team. Yeah, I wasn't and, even born. So yeah, my dad like knows more about it from like what I understand is that like it was like during the times where he was consistently getting injured and he kept being forced to go back in and play where he really wasn't getting the best, I guess, I guess advice from doctors or anything like that to like, hey, you have some terrible concussions right now. You shouldn't play or it'll affect your career in a bad way. So I think 
Like in the early years with Lindros as the captain, I think it went pretty well. They formed the Legion of Doom. The Flyers were a dominant team in the late 90s. It's just when everything spiraled out of control when Lindros consistently got injured and Mm -hmm. doctors were really weren't the best help for him. And that really like formed the disconnect between Lindros and Bobby Clark. And then Lindros wanting demanding a trade out of Philadelphia because of Bobby Clark. Right. So like, I can understand that point because like, like that, that's basically the same situation with Jack Geico. Like, Hey, you're giving me the captaincy. Where's my team? You're building a, a crappy team around me. And we're, we haven't been anywhere since 2012 and we haven't gone anywhere since I've been drafted and formed on this team. So it's just right. like, it's just like, what are you doing to build around me? Hey, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's weird. Yeah. And, and, and it's funny. Cause like, as we talk about, you know, prospects and stuff like that, like, there's just a weird hope that I just like. I just hope the Flyers don't do this. <laughs> don't do this again. I that's don't... just one thing I don't want them to do. I, I, I think... like. I'm not saying that. I'm. I don't think. I really don't think they're gonna do it. But just, I just I, have a gut feeling. I think the last time we like awarded a captain, like 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 a young guy a captaincy, I think that was Mike Richards, and he was only the captain for like two seasons before he got, or two or three seasons before he got traded. Mm-hmm. So and Mike Richards, he was on, he was a good captain for us. We were really good on the years that he was captain, like oh eight oh nine. We made the playoffs. Oh nine ten season, we went to the Stanley Cup final. Twenty yeah. twenty ten eleven, we were one of the best teams in the league. Mm-hmm. So and I I'm not sure if I'm not sure if it, I think it was like for the reason of Jeff Carter and Mike Richards. I think like the rumors were like they were both like major partiers and Holmgren didn't like it. So that's why he traded them away, Richards to L A. and Carter to Columbus. And <laughs> also there was like another reason because. Holmgren wanted to go out and sign Berzgov to that outrageous contract, but yeah. we're not going to get into that. But and I also, think... it's fu- it's just funny how you say he traded him to L A. too. <laughs> like, like yeah, I, I, I obviously he traded him to L A. because that's how we got Shannon Simmons. But it's like he's a major party and you trade him to L A. It's like, dude, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? <laughs> let him deal with let them deal with that. <laughs> True. And then uh, I think the honestly, you can say Claude Giroux was a young guy when he was awarded the captaincy. As yeah. what was he? He had to be like what between like twenty four and twenty six when he was awarded captaincy. That was twenty eleven. No, 12, he was 13, awarded, right? Yeah, he was awarded. He was captain during the lockout season. That mm-hmm. was his first year. So I think yeah. he had to be around twenty five, twenty six. I think around and those ages. You know what's funny about Geruto? What if you kind of like? I, I was thinking about this the other night. I was talking to one of my buddies, and we were saying like. How Konechny, he was saying how like Konechny reminds him of Drew. I was like, I was like, dude, what are you talking about? He's like, he's like, go back and look at Drew's stats from when he was 23. That's how old TK is. In 2010, 2011, Drew had 76 points when he was 23. Konechny was on pace to get like 70 to 75 points. Drew is, TK is, is like blossoming in the kind of like a young Drew point wise. And he, now that I think about it, he kind of does remind me of a young Giroux. Hmm. I can, I can see that standpoint. I think the major difference between Konechny and Giroux, Konechny, I think, is a better pure goal scorer than Claude yeah. Giroux is. Giroux is more of the better playmaker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I can see that, though. I can definitely see. I, I kind of compare more Konechny to Brad Marchand just because of, like, he's, like, kind of that the rat. tenacity and everything. He gets under the other team's skin a lot because he chirps mm-hmm. so much. So yeah. I, I can see the comparison there, though. I can definitely yeah, see right. the comparison. Yeah, because he brought – I was like, dude, that is a great point. I was like, I never thought of that. I was like, I had similarities that, like, I thought they were the same, but I never went back and looked at points. But <laughs> it's funny, like, that how Konechny with 13 games left had, like, 60, 60 to 62. Was it 60 or 62 points? I think it was 60. I think it was, I think it was 60. To, yeah, it's around. I think it was 62, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think it was 62. So with 13 games left, he probably would have – he easily would have got 70 points. Easily. I mean, oh, it's eight he points. Def- he definitely would have got 70 points. Mm-hmm. Dude, definitely. he would have had at least two goals versus Pittsburgh on March 29th. I, I would have called it right now. At least. <laughs> um <laughs> Which would have been this Monday night, damn it! But and, and uh, also, and tr- transitioning to speaking of Travis Connect, well, speaking of Travis Connecting, actually, what do you think his favorite ice cream flavor is? Why uh, not? It's gotta be. It's it has to be a Ben and Jerry's. It's gotta be a Ben and Jerry's flavor. My what guess ben? is the the uh, Tonight Dough. The Tonight Dough. Mm-hmm. It's the Jimmy Fallon one. Mm. I'm I'm thinking more on the half baked to brownie one. Mm. I, I think it's or, one of those. Or he, or he likes the the brownie core. 
Maybe. Mm, <laughs> I could I could definitely I see it as more like getting more towards like that kid flavor stuff because you know he acts like a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Provorov apparently Provorov just hams ice cream like he loves it. Like I don't know if you listen to Spit and Checklets, but they did an interview with uh, Kevin Hayes, and they were talking. He was talking about Provorov. They were saying that he has like a coach for everything, like a bike coach, yoga coach, swim coach, all everything, and. Like he said that like they'll go out to dinner like to, like you know the players and stuff and he'll he'll order dessert at the restaurant and then they'll get back to the hotel and he'll be like anyone else want dessert <laughs> <laughs> like so I guess he just wants the extra cal- the calories maybe it, he he's a freak he, he is, is a freak of and nature he shows so. it on the ice too it's like definitely <laughs> oh oh ice cream flavor for Provorov oh, he's he's got I, I'm, I'm thinking something crazy. He's a freak, so he's got something crazy. What is a crazy ice but cream I'm thinking, flavor? But I'm thinking, though, if he wants it at, like, you know, I guess I guess if he can have it, like, out and it's, like, a quick thing, a restaurant has got to either have vanilla or chocolate. There's no way true. they're selling flavors, you know? That That's true. I, I would say more toward maybe, like, a, maybe he goes black and white, like, both mix of vanilla and chocolate. Hmm. I would say yeah. that. Coots is definitely, like, Coots has got to be like vanilla. Yeah, Kutis is simple, man. He's vanilla or chocolate. He's Matt he's Niskanen of... probably doesn't even have ice cream, to be honest Matt... with you. <laughs> Matt Niskanen is the guy that hates ice cream. <laughs> I despise <laughs> Could it. Could you imagine? He just like <laughs> hates dairy products, doesn't eat cheese, milk, anything. Oh, oh god. Oh and for, I'm just thinking of Kevin Hayes, right? I think Kevin Hayes like likes this ridiculous flavor like that no one likes. Moose tracks. Like, <laughs> I was thinking like butterscotch or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that's a good one. Or he likes um, or instead of like ice cream, you could throw candy. Ooh. You can maybe throw the um the Boston baked beans. The <laughs> you know what I'm talking about the candy. Yeah, I know he is, what from, you're he is from Boston. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, another crazy guy from flavors, like Jake Forcheck. I, I I see him as a strawberry kind of guy. No, dude, he probably likes sherbet. Sherbet. He's kind of like sherbet. <laughs> he, he he reminds me of a sherbet guy, or he likes one of those like weird Ben and Jerry flavors. I feel like he likes the um, what's the Anchorman flavor called? The one with Will Ferrell on the cover. I forget what that one's called. Oh uh, oh oh! I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. I, know I exactly feel like what you're talking about. I feel like he likes that. I I don't know what it's called though. <laughs> I know what it is. I just don't know what it's called. It's weird. Yeah, like I, I I've had it before. It's actually pretty good. Um. And who's an, who's another who's another simple guy? I think Claude Giroux is a simple man. He's a simple father. He's I think he likes like chocolate or like double chocolate. Yeah, I, I think I think he I think it more lines on the double chocolate. I think that's what G flavor is. And I know he likes that. I know he likes um, uh, grilled cheese. Yeah, he definitely. Oh, he loves grilled oh, grilled cheese flavored ice cream. That sounds disgusting. Have you ever? Have you ever? Oh, oh my god! Could you imagine grilled cheese flavored <laughs> he, ice cream? He, he'd probably find that disgusting too. <laughs> Like who wants ice cream that tastes like that? Yeah, the Wolf Farrell one is is a scotchy scotch scotch. Scotchy scotch. <laughs> butterscotch ice cream with butterscotch swirls. That's def- that's definitely Hazer Voracek. That's definitely one of those. That things. has to be Voracek. Either that or Sherbert, I'm calling it. <laughs> I swear. It's you... gotta be like orange or pink Sherbert. What about another young what do you think Carter Hart likes? What what is Carter Hart like in ice cream? Chocolate chip. Mint chocolate chip. I'm gonna go with cho- I'm gonna go with chocolate mint chocolate chip. But I'm gonna say like I'm gonna go like the na- I don't know if you've ever had the natural mint chocolate chip. It's the no, white. It's white ice cream. Like it's it's actually real mint. Oh, that's and it's got it's got like the the dark chocolate chunks in it. It's actually pretty good. I think Briars makes it. Um, oh my god! Now we're talking about brands. Jesus. <laughs> like, I'm not this, going towards the went, brands. This went unreal. Like all right, we went from prospects to now what's, ice cream. What's the best brand? Oh, best brand! I would have to say Briars. I'm if I'm like if I'm feeling like something. If I'm feeling something one night, I got to go Ben and Jerry's or Magnum. That's it. Yeah, I would. If I like one of crazy flavor, I would definitely go on the Ben and Jerry's state. But if I want like a simple, like nice flavor, I go with Briars. Yeah, same. Either that or, or the the friendlies ones. Those are good. I like those. Yeah, yeah. I'm not that biggest fan. All right, of they're cheap. All right. <laughs> like come on <laughs> and plus they they have like the natural ones which are pretty good they have like natural peanut butter and stuff which is pretty pretty yeah, banging interesting right uh what, what do you think joel fairby likes 
It's got to be like Rocky Road. I could see that. I could definitely see Rocky Road. He's got a like martini flavored ice cream. (laughs) With like olive ripples in it. Oh God, freaking Elaine Vigneault. What is flavored ripples in martini flavored ice cream? That sounds terrible. (laughs) Sounds terrible. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Oof, that's tough. That is very tough. Like so, there's like sometimes where I, I hmm, I'm gonna go to if I go Ben and Jerry's, I'm either gonna go with half baked or the brownie filled one for Ben and Jerry's. If I is go that the, Briar's, is that the core one you're talking about the brownie. Yes. Yeah. If I if I go Briar's, hmm, Briar's I, for me is strawberry. I'm trying to think. I think I'm just a chocolate guy for Briar's. I just yeah. like chocolate. And sometimes that fudge swirl, the vanilla fudge swirl, I like that one. Yeah, too. that's a good one. If I had to go Ben and Jerry's, I'd probably go. Oh my God, it's so hard. I've had so many. Um, there's one, you might know this one. It has like, um, it's got pretzels in it and it has cookie dough too. Mm, I think I know what you're talking and about. I can't remember what it's called. I can't think of what it's called either, but freaking pretzels and ice cream are like the best combination in the world, man. Oh my god, that pretzels. and like crushed Oreos. <sighs> I'm not, I'm not a big Oreos guy. Uh, I'm gonna look I, at that. Well, honestly, like my favorite crazy Briars flavor is Oreo flavored. I love the Oreo Briars. I love the death. Oh, uh, the co- the cookies and cream one or the Oreo the, one? There's a, a, a specific Oreo brand one. Oh, okay, that's a really good one. Yeah. I tried the chips like, one um, that wasn't that good, but. I, I love Chips Ahoy. They're good. I, I don't like it. I don't like anything else. So I just like the cookie. Um, but dude, like for Briars, I like the uh, I like the Snickers one and, and the Twix. I don't know if you've ever had those. those I've never had those. Um, and Nestle Toll House has one. It's it's cookie dough, but it has so much more cookie dough than you'd expect. Um, <laughs> oh, I know what it is. It's uh, fish food. Fish. That that's that's unappetizing when it's called fish food. <laughs> Yeah, it's chocolate. Oh, never mind. It doesn't have pretzels. It's um, chocolate ice cream with marshmallow swirls, uh, marshmallow and caramel swirls, and fudge fish. Mm, that's interesting. It's good. It's it's so good. I like that one. And then there's the, the there's another one that has the the cookie dough and pretzels, and I can't think of it. But I also like <laughs> I also like that tonight dough too. But if I had to go regular, I'd either say strawberry or like the artificial mint chocolate chip. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, if you're going, if I'm going a simple guy, I have to go with chocolate. I think chocolate's the superior ice cream flavor. If I'm like down the shore or from at the Phillies game, I have to, I have to get vanilla on a waffle cone with Rainbow Jimmy's. I have yeah, to. Yeah, that's like weird. If I like go for like scooped ice cream, it has to be chocolate. But if if I go like soft like serve, soft serve, that has to be vanilla for me. Yeah, yeah, same. Like, like I, like I don't that. mind the soft serve chocolate, but I, I would rather have it hand scooped if anything. Yeah, I th- for some reason it tastes better hand scooped than soft and, serve to and, me. And vanilla with rainbow jimmies and a waffle cone—that's just that's like a staple. Vanilla with rainbow jimmies, either in a waffle cone, cake cone, or in, in the Phillies helmet—that's amazing. Oh, the Phillies helmet. And like, like one more, like last ice cream topic before we cut this episode <laughs> off. Like, what, what would you say is your favorite ice cream place in the city? Oh my God! Wow, that's a, uh, um, that's a good one. Do you want to hear mine first? What's up? I think, I think Franklin Fountain is the best ice cream place in the city for ice cream. I've been there before, and I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, I like Big Gay Ice Cream. That's a good place. I've been there with my girlfriend a couple times. Um, I don't know if you've ever been there. I believe that's downtown too. I don't necessarily remember. I'm, I'm um, not sure where. Like I know everyone's like into the scooped ice cream now. Like those mm-hmm. or, or the um that rolled. what is it the rolled ice cream places. Yeah. Have you ever had it? No, I have not had rolled ice cream yet. It's actually pretty good, <laughs> and and it's and it's cool because there's a place like not far from where I live, um, that I've gone to a couple times and they make it and the, you can actually watch them do it. It's it's pretty cool, um, and then it it I think it it ends up coming in like six rolls. It, it's actually a good amount, and then they put like a lot. Of, they put a good amount of toppings on it too. That's and like but, and like for Franklin Fountain like. It's like everything in there is home, like the ice cream there is homemade. Like yeah. they also have an op- they have an option for waffles and ice cream. I'm just like you see them make the waffles in front of you, like from the waffle iron. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> it's like it, it, it's, it's oh like God. it's like you get the cartoon where your mouth is drooling. Like yeah. it's, it's it's like it looks that good. You got the birds running around your head. Like get away, this is mine. 
<laughs> yeah, but I had that. I think I had Franklin Fountain in August. Um, I went down to Penn's Landing with my family. We got it. Okay. Okay. It was good. It was good. The, yeah, I love the place, but it's a nightmare to get inside during the summer because there's like a line that stretches around the block. Is there ever is there an actual shop for it? Because I think I had it like one of the pop up things. Yeah, the actual shop is like I think it's on. It's near Front and Market. I think it's like on Second or Third and Market Street. I think it's near. It's near Front Street though. Yeah. To be honest, I'm not really like a guy that like kind of like goes out and like gets ice cream. There isn't many like ice cream places like near me. Um, mm-hmm. There's one. Um, what I think is uh, I can't even remember what it's called. It's like something scoop. Um, but that place is pretty good. But besides that, I'm not like if I get ice cream, I really get soft serve. If anything, I'm not like a big like hand scooped kind of dude when I'm out. Like I kind of just get it. I I, I like hand scooped at home. My yes. favorite hand scooped at home is cookie dough. Hmm. And fair. one thing I do very with nice. cookie dough is I get I either get peanut butter or Nutella and I melt it in the bowl <laughs> and then I put the ice cream on top. It is, I I I'm a day, I swear to God, if you have ice cream at your house, and if I were you. Do it tonight. If you have peanut butter, which I'm sure you have peanut butter, if you have Nutella or anything, do it. It is the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. So it mix is, ice cream with peanut butter or Nutella? Yes, but melt it first. Melt it first. Melt it. Put it in the microwave for like 30 seconds. Just put like a glob of it in the in the bowl. Like it, Nutella yeah. is a lot more harder to do it with than uh, than peanut butter because peanut, peanut butter will just melt all over. It's insanely good. But if you have chunky peanut butter, I prefer that. I don't know if you like peanuts, but I love peanuts. Um, and speaking of peanuts, dude, I could talk about ice cream for hours. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> speaking of peanuts, those are good at a Phillies game. Like me and my dad will bring in like a three pound bag and like two half half gallons of iced tea from Wawa, and we'll sit there and just crack peanuts the whole time. Like by the end of it, there's peanut shells up to my kneecaps. Oh um, my but oh my god, Phillies games are great. They're they just are. they are. So are Flyers games. So is this podcast. So why not? Been- <laughs> why not oh, we're getting to that moment where we're going crazy again so I'm going to call it here so actually let, let's give it to you the fans if you if we put when we post on our social media why not like post to our social media what is your favorite ice cream flavor do you like the briars do you like the hand scoop do you like the soft serve what do you like what what do you think flyers favorite flavor the favorite flavors of the flyers are why not we want to hear your thoughts so when we post this podcast, it'll be up on Twitter and Instagram when we officially post the podcast. So don't forget to leave a comment in those sections. And ju- yeah, just leave your thoughts right there. Also, don't forget to go to our new article website called theflyersfix.com. It's some interesting articles. We're just starting it up. It's going to be a very fun time right there. And also stay tuned for our next episode of the Florida Podcast. Who knows what we're going to talk about then? Who knows? Maybe favorite breakfast items? Maybe. That's a possibility. So... For this episode of the Fire Up Podcast, I'm your host, Amadeo Garcia. He's been Chris Mayer, and we will see you in the next episode.